Pray with me this morning, everyone. Uh, God, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, a new year. Uh, thank you for this church, Lord God, and thank you for your word. And I pray that as we go through it today, uh, Lord, that you would move our hearts and uh, that you'd touch our minds, Lord God, and help us to understand your message for us today. Lord, may the, uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, wow, it's bright up here. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone, uh, and Happy New Year. Uh, it's good to be with you today. Uh, as Clayton said, my name is Trey Robertson, and I'm a member here and a deacon. And uh, one of the things that I do part-time is uh, fill in in our association, preaching. I'm, I'm an act, actually an accountant, and uh, uh, you wouldn't think those two things would go together, right? <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but God uh, is good, and, and I really love doing that uh, on a part-time basis. But uh, uh, how, how many of you are glad that we have a new year? I am so glad. I don't think I, I've ever been more glad to have a new year. Uh, 2020 was, was pretty tough, wasn't it? It was really tough. It was tough for a lot of people. Uh, it was a type of year where there were some disruptions, some disruptions in, in our work, in our finances, uh, in our vacations. Uh, some, some of us lost some family members last year. Uh, it disrupted our health. It's kind of a, a, a tough year. Uh, one thing that it disrupted that, that I'd like to bring up today, uh, something that's very important, is it disrupted Christians' engagement in the Scriptures. Their, their time in the Word. Uh, the, the American Bible Society uh, produces some research every year. Uh, it's called the State of the Bible is, is the name of their report. And what it does is it provides some information on how many people are engaged in the Bible. And when they compared 2019 to 2020, uh, particularly in the first part of last year, they found some interesting things uh, about Americans uh, Christians in America. About 13.1 million Americans who are Christians took a step back from being engaged in the Bible. And, you know, you would think, well, those are people who are just kind of rarely engaged in the Bible, but it was some of the most engaged people that were the most engaged in the Bible that stepped back away from the Bible. It was those who were engaged in, in, in the Bible on a daily basis and a weekly basis. And so uh, you have kind of a, a big problem in the United States uh, with, with uh, Christians, uh, American Christians, that they need to step back and be engaged in the Bible in 2021. And so I thought it was, uh, would be appropriate to share with you one of the, the greatest scriptures about the Bible, about scripture, and that's 2 Timothy 3.14. Through 17, uh, if you'll turn there with me today. And just before I read this, just to give you a little, uh, I guess, context of this passage, 2 Timothy was written by Paul, is written to Timothy, uh, his disciple. And Timothy is going through some difficulties in, in his ministry, and Paul is going through some difficulties. Uh, he's about to be executed uh, in Rome. And Paul is giving Timothy some advice on how to faithfully be a Christian during difficult times. This is what he says. 
But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have been convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise into salvation uh, through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's some great truths about the scripture in this passage. Some great theological truths. If you're taking notes, write this down. The scriptures are inspired by God. The scriptures are inspired by God. Paul tells Timothy in this passage that all scripture is God-breathed. Now we know in this scripture that Timothy from infancy was uh, the, the scriptures were shared to him, uh, the sacred writing. So probably his, his grandmother and mother shared with him the, uh, the Old Testament. Uh, his, his father was Greek, his mother was Jewish. Uh, but also, Timothy had a front row seat to the New Testament teachings. And it may not be all compiled in a book like we have today, but, but he was on mission with Luke. He was... He was, uh, he was a co-worker with Paul. And so he had those New Testament teachings. He was a, had a front row seat to them. And so when we're looking at this today, we want to apply this to our life and what all Scripture is. Uh, we could easily say this is the Old and the New Testament, this book right here that we have. And what Paul tells Timothy in here is he says it's God-breathed. It's God-breathed. Some translations say that the Word is inspired by God. And uh, very simply, but not so simply, right? That means that the scriptures came from God. Just as the breath is in my lungs and goes out, comes from me, so these scriptures were breathed out by God. They came from God. Now God, these scriptures were in the very heart and mind of God, and he revealed them to different people at different times and in different ways, and he guided the process to where they wrote his message down in human language. And we have that today right here. If you're looking for a word from God today, or you're searching for God, he has a message for you, and it's right here in this book. You know, the amazing thing, when you when just logically thinking about this book, if you look at... Uh, Documents from antiquity or ancient documents, what has survived today. There are probably more fragments and copies of the New Testament than any other uh, ancient document. I think maybe Homer, some of Homer's uh, texts uh, have survived today. Uh, this is, this is the, the first full-length book that was printed by the mechanical printing press. There's been more copies of this book sold than any other book. This is the most widely distributed book. This book has been translated in more languages than any book. God's hand is on this book. His breath are these scriptures. What does that mean for us today? We need to have a high view of this book. We need to have a theological conviction that this book is from God, that this, this word is inspired by God. Now, Paul said something else to Timothy about the scriptures. Uh, he says they're able and they're useful. 
In Timothy's life, the scriptures were able to make him wise unto salvation, is what the scriptures say. And so, this book is for unbelievers. This, this book is not just for Christians. This book is for everybody. This book, God, if you're seeking God today, and you don't know him, you want to learn more about him, I, I suggest reading the Bible this year. Start with the book of John is a great place to start. But this book has a way of pointing us in the right direction to find God and to really see Christ as the way to salvation. Paul also says that this book is useful. This book is useful for believers. It, it, does, it does something. I don't know if, you, if you're a business person, you want something, you want to have a business that's profitable. Uh, if, if, you, if you are pursuing something and spending your time in something, you want it to be useful. Uh, you don't want to waste your time. You won't waste your time when you spend time in the Bible. It's useful. It does something. And there's a few things that Paul says it does. The first thing it does is it teaches us. It teaches us what's right about God, about ourselves, and about the world. Something else it does is it rebukes those things that are not true. And so it, it really gives us the right idea about God. And when we have the right idea to, about God, we can see what's not the right idea about God. For example, uh, today, you know, there's this idea that there's many roads to God. Many roads lead to God. But when you get in the scripture, it talks, the, talks about how there's a very specific way to God. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so it, it provides us with a right understanding about God. There's something else that the scripture does. Uh, it corrects. I don't know, has anybody in here ever remodeled the house? Nobody. <laughs> I have remodeled a couple houses. Uh, my first one was, it was in really bad shape, but the realtor said it was a great house. You know, uh, so I, I believed him. Uh, but uh, later on, I found out the, the floor joists were broken. Some of them were broken. The rafters were broken. Uh, the house basically was kind of sagged in like this. Uh, but it was our first house, and we didn't know. But I had a very skilled person come in and shore up the floors and, and the roof. And when I left, it, it was a great house for somebody to buy. You know, there's some broken places in our lives as believers. We don't have it all together. We're on a process of growing in Christ. What the Word does is it comes in and it corrects those broken places when we spend time in the Word. It corrects. Something else it does is... It provides training in righteousness. Now, we know that we are right with God through a relationship with Christ. So, positionally, we are right with God by believing in Christ. Uh, but we're on a path of spiritual growth where God doesn't want it to stop there. He wants us to grow and become more like Christ. That our life reflects a, a righteousness that, that we have obtained through a relationship with Christ. And so... The scripture really shows us what, what it means to live a godly life. Uh, for example, uh, telling the truth is a big uh, thing in the Christian walk, That something we all need to do. Uh, we don't need to bear false witness. Our yes needs to be yes, our no needs to be no. Uh, we need to be honest. And uh, when we're studying the scripture, God will, God will point out those areas of our lives that need uh, 
to change. And so if you're looking to 2021 this year and you want to make a change in your life, the best way you can make a change is to spend time in the Bible and let God work on your heart. Let God work on your heart. Uh, so if you're taking notes, you could, for this section, you could write this down. The scriptures bring spiritual maturity. Now, something else that the scriptures do, God inspired the scriptures. The scriptures are useful. Uh, but there's a purpose that we need to spend time in the scripture. God has an has a end goal. And what that is, is so that we will be fully equipped for every good work, is what the scripture says. That's why you have that so that in there. We are in the scripture so that we will be fully equipped for every good work. One of the scriptures I love is Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. God has some works for you and me, for us as Christians. We, he wants us to join us in his work in the world. Uh, which, which is the Great Commission and, and how we carry that out by sharing the gospel, by being compassionate to others, living the Christian life. There's some good works that he has for us to do, but we can't do the good works until God has done a good work in us. And so he does a good work in us through salvation and through spending time in his word. And spending time in his word. This, uh, man, this last week, I... I attended my grandmother's funeral. Uh, she was 92 years old, and um, I love her so much. She, uh, she was a great example, a, a Christian example. She has been a Christian every bit of as long as I've known her, uh, and a faithful Christian. And she spent a lot of time in the Word of God and a lot of time in prayer. And you could see that that impacted all the people around her. Uh, but she, at the funeral, they talked about some good works that she had, had done. Uh, she, they, they focused a lot on how she passed on uh, the teachings of the scripture to her grandchildren. And just uh, good things, good uh, life skills she passed on to her, her grandchildren. They talked about how she was, uh, she was administrative assistant at uh, First Baptist Church Farmerville for many years and how she uh, served in that capacity. How she started a, um, I, don't, I don't know what the name of it was, but it's, it's where you have some childcare so young couples could go out and work on their marriage. So she kind of uh, uh, put that in place. And something else, and I knew this, but I had forgot about it. My grandmother smuggled Bibles into countries that don't allow Bibles. Is that amazing? I mean, she, she was an amazing woman, an adventurous woman, uh, but but she, God had to prepare her for those good works, and he prepared her through the scriptures. Now, so far, I would think that, that a lot of people in here would probably agree with me on all these points here. You know, you may have memorized the scripture at one point in your life. You may have taught it in a Sunday school class. Uh, it, it's, it's good truth. And, uh, and I would say, you know, I think Timothy knew this too. If you think about it, wouldn't Timothy have known this? Just, he, was, uh, he was taught the scriptures since he was an infant. He was a co-worker with Paul. He was preaching in Ephesus. Uh, he was, I think Paul, Paul told the Philippians, there is no other person like him 
who has a genuine interest in you. He was a very unique minister of the gospel. So the question is, why would Paul have this, why would Paul be telling Timothy this? I think that's a good question. That's the question I had when I was reading this. And I think you have to look at the occasion of the text, the historical context of the text, and you really have to take a look at verse 14. Now, scholars say that, that Paul was probably at the end of his life. He was in a Roman prison. There was a great persecution taking place uh, during this time under the emperor Nero. Uh, Christians were being put to death. Uh, people who were faithful to Paul or deserting Paul. He said, Paul says this in, in the same book in verse, uh, chapter 4, 6. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have, fought the, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This guy was at the very end of his life. And some historians think Peter uh, was executed around or that time as well. So you have some people that were with Jesus, uh, that were bringing the gospel, that they're coming towards the end of their life. They want to make sure this gospel goes to the next generation. Over here you have Timothy. He's ministering in Ephesus. I'll be honest, I think Timothy was having a hard time. I think he was running through some difficulties, and this is why I say that. Verse 1, 6, Paul tells him, Rekindle the gift of God that is in you. 1.8, he says, don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. 1.13, he says, hold on to the pattern of sound teaching. 2.3, he says, share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And 2.8, he says, remember Christ, Jesus Christ. In 2.22, he says, flee from youthful passions. And then in chapter 3, he says, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Oh, this sounds like a guy that may be having a difficult time. Maybe, he, maybe he's burned out. Maybe he's discouraged. And the important thing of that day is this gospel has to be transferred to the next generation. And Timothy was the guy, or at least one of the guys. Timothy couldn't give up. There was too much at stake. And so, you have to look at the advice that Paul gives Timothy in this passage of Scripture. In verse 14, he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have been convinced of, because you know those whom you have learned it. The advice that Paul gives Timothy is that you need to continue. You need to remain. You need to abide. You need to live within that sphere of Christian teaching. You need to continue living that godly life. You need to continue allowing the word of God to be a part of your life. You don't need to give up. And if you look at last year, there was a lot of things that happened that would make Christians want to give up. And some of the research is showing that. And the encouragement from this text today is that now is not the time to give up. Now is the time to really focus in on the Word of God. Now is the time to really 
hold on to the teachings of the scripture when so many other teachings are coming around, uh, you know, that's not biblical. It's not the biblical worldview. Man, this is a time we need to hold on to those teachings of the scripture. There's so many people not living for God. And Paul said in here, he said, in the last days, that's what's going to happen. He told Timothy, he said, people are going to be lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, slanderers. They're going to uh, not obey their parents. Like people are going to be evil. And you're going to be trying to live a life, a godly life, and everybody around you is not. Now's not the time to give up. There's going to be people that are teaching incorrectly about God. And that's what he warned Timothy about, too, that there will be imposters, people that come in and try to teach the wrong thing. There's so many wrong teachings uh, you know, that, that's going on today. And, and Paul is like, now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to give up. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. God calls us to remain faithful to the Scriptures. God calls us to remain faithful to the scriptures. One of the great uh, biblical scholars, Warren Rearsby, he says this about the scripture. He says, the remedy for discouragement is the word of God. When you feed your heart and mind with its truth, you regain your perspective and you find renewed strength. I want to encourage you this morning, if you're looking for, for some strength, I want to encourage you to look to the scriptures. God will provide that strength through you as you make a new commitment to the scriptures. What can we do? What can we do? I think this, this passage of scripture is really pointing us to make a new commitment to the word of God this year in 2021. And there's a lot of things that we could do practically. We could become more faithful in our attendance on Sunday morning, listening to the Word of God preached. Uh, we could become more faithful to our attendance in connection groups. Uh, if, if we don't attend a connection group, we could begin a, attending a connection group or a Bible study. Uh, we could start a, a Bible program where we read through the Bible in one year or a memory, uh, scripture memory program where we spend time memorizing God's Word and meditating on God's Word. There's a lot of things we can do uh, to really get back into the scriptures. Uh, may, on a practical level, maybe you're living your life outside of the boundaries of scripture. And maybe this morning what you need to do is make a new commitment to God uh, for 2021 to begin living that life God's called us to. Or maybe you don't know the Lord and today is the day that you can make a commitment to Jesus Christ. As, as I close, I, I want to share a great story that I, that I read one time uh, about the, the late Billy Graham. And you wouldn't think that Billy Graham ever wrestled with anything, uh, would you? I mean, he is one of the greatest Christians of all times. He spoke, preached the gospel to more people than anyone ever in history. Uh, there was a time when Billy Graham was discouraged. Uh, one of his contemporaries, Charles Templeton, tried to persuade Graham that the Bible was not inspired. Uh, at, there was a lady named Henrietta Mears uh, who invited Graham to come and speak at, uh, at a Christian retreat center in Forest Home. At the time, Billy, I believe he was in his 30s, 
And uh, he was over a, a Christian college, and he was wrestling. He, he was like, should I go into academia? Should I become an evangelist? What should I do? But he, he was wrestling in that, that area. But he was also wrestling with, man, are the scriptures inspired or are they not? And so he wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. And, and there were, he was reading the scriptures, and he kept saying this, uh, for thus says the Lord. In the Old Testament, he was reading it. And, uh, and so he went out, and uh, you know, the story is that he was standing by a stump, and he just prayed. He was praying to God. He says, God, I don't have all the answers. But this is what he said. He said, Father, I'm going to accept this as thy word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts, and I will believe this to be your inspired word. It said that he stood up, his eyes filled with tears, but he felt the power and presence of God in a way he hadn't in months. A major bridge had been crossed, he said in his autobiography, uh, just as I am. The next day, at this meeting in Forest Home, 400 people made a commitment to Christ. 400 people. Weeks later, uh, Billy Graham would go on to hold the historic 1949 Los Angeles Crusade. That outreach was scheduled for three weeks. It went on for eight weeks. The media outlets nationwide began talking about the upstart evangelist. And you know from there how many people uh, Billy Graham preached to and how many people gave their lives to Christ. We got to start with the Bible. If we're going to make a change this year and in 2021, if we're going to pass the message on to the next generation, it's got to start with a commitment from us to God's word. And I want to encourage you today, if uh, we're going to have a time of invitation, I'm not sure how this applies personally to you. You know, God may have convicted you in some way. Hey, I need to I need to make a new commitment to the Bible. I need to give my life to Christ. I need to make a recommitment to Christ. Whatever it is, we want to provide a time for you to come and just spend a moment with God in prayer as we look to the new year. Let's stand together, please.